Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm not sure if if I'm going to be serving as host or really as sort of parent here in residence, uh, because I'm very interested in speaking with uh, Matt Hammersley. He's the CEO of The Novel Effect. And for those of you that know the app and what it's about, I'm sure that you're saying to yourself, you know what, I, I would feel the same way if I was speaking with Matt. So I want to spend some time with him, get to understand the power of what they built, uh, the origin of the story, uh, and how it's grown uh, since its inception. But Matt, great to spend some time with you today. Um, so look, let's talk about the name. So tell me about how you came up with the name Novel Effect, because I love that it's novel. Um, I hope that it becomes where it's not because everybody knows about it, right? It's it's one of these things that we just all, it's the way in which we read with our children. It's the way in which they experience and, and sort of jump through the room when it comes to the power of books and the experience that you had, that shared experience. So talk a little bit about the origin and the name. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me here. Uh, excited to bring a little bit of what our reading magic is to your listeners and to your audience. And so for those of you who don't know what the Novel Effect app does is add music and sound effects to your read-alouds. It's all about making reading together magical and fun for both the grown-up as well as the kid. <laughs> Underscore that, right? I like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, well, it takes a village. And, you know, at the end of the day, right, we want happy kids who are voracious readers and love reading together. And the way that you achieve that is you build a community of readers around that kid and you make it fun. <laughs> that has to be the number one objective because once it's fun, once it's engaging, everything will take care of itself. Didn't want to tell you a little bit about our origin story and our name. And because I, I love the name too, Novel Effect, you know, we picked it in the very beginning as this double entendre, you know, that can represent the newness, the book of what a novel is, right? As well as all of the different types of effects you can think of. And we want the company and where we're going to go to grow to, you know, more than just music and sound effects as these types of effects and these immersive reading experiences. So uh, hopefully the name will serve us well uh, for the long term. Kind of wish it was one word just so it's easier. Uh, <laughs> I love but, the name. I, I love the, the, dip, the two meanings in that regard. It makes you think. And I think that's very powerful in branding. So anyway, so go ahead with the origin. Then. Yeah. So, you know, the whole company and everything was started uh, for my daughter, actually. And it was before she was even born. Um, we had a baby shower and invited everyone over and asked them to bring us books instead of cards so we could build a little library for her and, you know, really start that journey of reading on, off on the right foot. And uh, I was a patent attorney uh, at the time, you know, writing patents for corporations and big companies and startups. Um, so my wife's friend started reading us the book that she brought. She added in all these fun voices and sound effects and basically captivated a room of kids and adults alike at this party. And sitting right there, I had done some patent work in the voice space. And it was like a light bulb moment of, oh, my God if every parent and teacher could tell a story like that, all kids would love to read, hands down. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, turned to my wife and she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> we're up every night 
and I'm bugging her while she's seven months pregnant. <laughs> hey, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. Uh, so three months later, quit my job. We sold our house, had our daughter, started the company, uh, and kind of went all in. I would say that's the that's the epitome of of sort of diving into the deep end. Um, <laughs> I do want to get to the power of voice because I think that's so important in this. Um, and that's the guy that that you know, I love voice and in <laughs> audio, as you can see here with the mic. But that moment in time, so there I'm so fascinated, Matt, when it comes to entrepreneurs, because I think most of us will have an idea or we might see something where there's like almost like a gap in time. It's like the matrix moment or something where they think, gosh, what if we could solve? that problem or that challenge and they see it as an opportunity but most people walk by and just kind of go about their day then there's that small percentage of people that see that gap in time and space and say i can do something about that mm -hmm. obviously you have fantastic support with your co-founder and your wife and, and you're a great team uh, that to me is is already resonating through the zoom here but what is it about you and your background that you felt confident that you could make such an uh, impactful decision, not just for your family, and especially the time of your lives um, in bringing, you know, another human in, in, into the world, um, but where you felt confident enough that not only have you identified something where there's a need, but there's an opportunity and you are the one and you are the ones to be able to do it. I think that's really compelling for people to know. Yeah. And, and honestly, I wish there was something more tangible that I could give here because it's not, it's uh, the best way I can describe it for myself. And that's the only experience I have in it is, uh, you know, I've had a lot of ideas. I've always been kind of a entrepreneurial type of guy. I started my first business actually when I was 11, selling produce on the side of the road. Selling uh, produce on the side of the road. Look at you. Yeah. I actually turned it into like, by the time I was 13, I was making 70 80k a year with three employees no you were not i was it you was, need to re repeat that one more time so that people don't they don't skip back in their in their podcast so say that one more time what, how much were you making at that age and how many I employees? Was making making about 60 70k a year uh with <laughs> and it started with a little cardboard sign on the side of the road said tomatoes three for a dollar uh i would go to the farms in the morning and pick produce and sell it on the side of the road uh, and it grew, you know, like I said, to have my own trailer and, you know, employees and, you know, God bless my parents. They, uh, they would take me to the farms because obviously I could drive. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would pick vegetables with me because, you know, I was a kid. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you always had early. that in you, that, that, that sort of spirit, that sensibility of an entrepreneur was already in you early on. Uh, yeah, I, I knew it at some point. I just didn't know what it was going to be about. I was going to definitely, you know, start something. Um, but when it comes to the what, right? Because I was a patent attorney. I was making great money. I was doing just fine, you know, very comfortable about to have a kid. Um, but you get this like pit in your stomach, right? It's the best way I can describe it. And you just can't stop thinking about it. Like everything reminds you of it. And so I think when you have that, you got to look back and say, do you want to regret that moment or not? It makes you really emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> this, I get the sense this is much more than an exit strategy or our technology that there's, this is a living, breathing, um, part of your life this is and your families oh 100 
I mean, you know, there's very few things in this world where you can say it's purely good. And I think that's what we've developed here, where, you know, it's all about engagement together. And what we saw in the world was that, um, you know, so much was about taking away from that parent-child connection, right? Give your kid a device, walk away. Hey, you've got a lot to do. You're a busy parent. Here's something that will entertain your kids and help them learn, right? Because you can't, right? Um, to me, that's totally wrong, right? Of what you're, what you're trying to do, both as a, uh, a parent and an educator, right? It's all about that, that human connection that drives real learning, that drives um, real outcomes in the personal development of that child, right? So this was an opportunity in a way to say, hey, what if we don't replace the parent? <laughs> what if we don't replace the teacher, but instead give them the tools to capture that engagement, to capture and spark that imagination with the kid? Um, and one of my favorite things, you know, myself personally in our lives uh, is story time. And that moment where we can sit together and read a book, right? Uh, the problem is as they grow, and my daughter is now uh, turned seven tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Happy early birthday. <laughs> I know, but uh, as they grow, it's it gets harder and harder to keep that attention, to capture that imagination with the world around us, right? And this has the power to just shut all of that out and create that immersive experience that captures that attention, calms them down, focuses and engages them in, not on the device, but on the book and each other. That I think that's the part. I mean, I think that those of us that have that are parents and have experienced uh, story time at night, it's that it's those those little moments where a young child responds. There's something that just gets them thinking or they have a response or they laugh or they're, you know, they have some emotive experience that you just, you can't explain it, but if you've been there, you know what it feels like. And uh -huh. you say, let's read one more book. <laughs> let's read one more book. Right. Uh, talk about the power of voice. Cause I love the audio component of this. Um, you know, it's like when you read about it, just in, in prep for our discussion, I couldn't help but start to paint a mental picture. It was like the canvas started filling in thinking about how, the power of, of sound effects and, and music can really, really um, drive our experience. And tell us, tell me about the process of that. So you have the idea, you're, you're all in, you and your wife are completely in, you've quit your, all these sorts of things. Well, there's, I would imagine there's still a distance to cover here between fantastic idea, we're bought in, and then, wow, we've got to find really talented people to help support this component from a creative and artistry perspective. Oh, it took uh, three years to get the technology to a place that it would work. And then, you know, I'm not a musician. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either, man. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but we were very fortunate to work with some really talented folks right from the get-go. And our, our uh, we call them soundscape designers, um, 
you know, we have two folks, Eric Getz and, and Matt Borner, that have been with us, you know, since the pretty much the beginning. And, you know, they have really shaped what a soundscape means, right? And what you think of it and the care and delicacy uh, that they put into each and every one is incredible, right? They are thinking about the mode uh, uh, of the implementation, the music style that is presented, the types of voiceovers, the kids that, you know, are reading it, what the pictures look like, you know, what the experience is when you turn the page. Like, there is so much uh, that they put into this new art form, right, of how do you recreate this immersive sound experience that essentially transports you into the story, right? And some are funny, some are serious, some are sad, right? They set the and, stage, right? I mean, it's it's the ambiance, right? It's that when you feel, it's like the power of a movie theater. Exactly. Well, and and if you uh, movies are exactly where you know this all comes from, from like we think of it as scoring a book, like you would score a film right in how a composer would approach scoring a film and building the dramatic moments and uh you know going through that whole emotional journey right of the story uh and i think that is the power of music uh, especially with young kids and especially with accessibility like music crosses all boundaries, crosses all language, crosses all cultures. I'll let like, you in on a little secret, Matt. When I do my writing uh, for Forbes and Entrepreneur and these sorts of things, my kids know dad's writing because I've got the headphones on and I'm listening to movie scores. That's what mm -hmm. I write to. That's so funny. And I, I can feel like, my brain light up. Like if I could be looking at my, right. And I, I get it. It helps me get in the zone. I can't explain it any other what's way. What's your favorite? What's your favorite score? Oh, I go in, you know, like there's one from, um, my my most recent one is uh, uh, what is it the the Tom Cruise the Samurai what's it um, uh, the Last Samurai the Last Samurai yeah there is a Idol's End or whatever the song mm -hmm. is and I listen to these things on repeat for hours. <laughs> so. Oh, this is kind of crazy. I've never met anyone else who does that. Uh, like <laughs> we're from the same island, Matt. Yeah, if you like play my Amazon Music playlist, it's uh, it's pretty much ninety percent Hans Zimmer. <laughs> it can change uh, your mood, right? Hmm. So if I need to think uh, in a much more, I need to be sort of aggressive with my thought and really dive in and not second guess. I listen to something like the movie soundtrack of Sicario, um, and there's a song on there called Beast, and it is very intense and brooding or whatever, but it just. It changes, you can change your mood so quickly. So I, I completely understand the power, um, the power of it. Here's what I want to pivot to, Matt. Talk about, I, I would guess that, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of users for the first time, especially parents or the adults, let's say, that are, are engaging with kids, teachers or, or parents, that it's there's almost like a surprise to them. Even when they're told, this is what it's going to be like when you're using novel effect. That Once they do it, though, it's... It's one of those things where they're having just as much fun, if not more fun than even the child. It's one of those things where you're like, it's like coaching young kids, right? In a sport where you say, yes, it's a lot of work, but boy, I'm getting more out of it than probably even the kids are. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is really funny. And, and the way we design the music and the interactions is both supportive. And we kind of took a, a lens from Disney, right? And how they created the Pixar movies that were so successful, right? 
and how they create those storylines. There's jokes in there for parents for a reason. <laughs> right? There's content and material in there for parents for a reason, because it's a co-viewing experience and that's what they want to create, is that you know applicability and appeal to both segments. And I think we're doing a very similar thing, right? And just the way it works, just as much as the music and sound design that that we choose to create for a particular book. And, you know, I go back to what I was saying before that like, at the end of the day, right? Well, if what you're trying to have happen is empower parents and teachers to connect and engage with their kids, well, you got to make it fun for the parent, <laughs> right? Because if you want it to happen and happen more often, well, both parties kind of have to enjoy it. And, and why, why do people stop reading books to their kids? Do you know? Why do they stop reading books to their kids? Yeah, I, I mean, I, no kid comes and says, hey, please stop <laughs> reading books to me. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably have a few things I could pull from, but what would be, what, what is your perspective? Why? Oh, they have a couple of these experiences where they don't like it, right? Like the kid's distracted, they're annoyed, right? And they just gradually fall out of it. It's not, there isn't one point in time that says, no, stop reading to me. And what it is, is most parents feel like once the kid can read on their own, they don't. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That it's almost like it's, there's this invisible baton that's been passed. Like you can't see it, but you feel it, right? It's like, well, you need to practice your reading kind of a thing. Uh, So Matt, so let's talk about sort of where the company is now. Talk about just sort of the growth over time um, and, and what's the big vision going forward? Yeah. So, you know, COVID really threw us to a wrench. (laughs) That really kind of changed the game as far as the company and what our trajectory was. Um, you know, the magic of our app is is very much an in-person experience. It definitely still translates and works over virtual, right? You can plug it into Zoom call and have it have it come through um, that way as well. But the real magic is, is person-to-person interaction and connection. And, you know, that whole gap year, right, where no one was in school. Well put, uh, that, yeah. That that really threw us for a loop because, you know, we support both teachers and parents, but hey, teachers read a lot more <laughs> to kids uh, than parents do. They're kind of like you know our power users. They're the they're the ones who live and breathe this stuff, right? Um, so we really focus in on on that segment and try and empower and improve uh, their experience. You know, first and foremost. And then they communicate it to the parents at home as well because it works, right, in the classroom. So we pivoted the business, kind of redid our business model and how it works in the app uh, during that period. Um, launched, re kind of launched it and added a whole bunch of content. We went from 100 to like 500 stories inside oh, wow. of the app uh, within a matter of months. Um, and we just had, oh gosh, we had like 25 or 30 different composers and sound designers all, you know, working on different titles and books. Um, and then school came back in person and we went viral. <laughs> we just had like the most incredible year. Uh, I think we grew 1300% year over year. Wow. 
over the last year. And then um, now it's just kind of nuts. And now that uh, school, we introduced school plans and school offerings where one principal or one teacher of school could buy it for all of the educators. And the way we set it up too is like a very easy, simple $400 flat fee price for a school. And it provides unlimited access to all the educators, even the lunch lady gets in. <laughs> Everybody gets uh, in. Well, it's it's that building the culture and community. Oh, yeah. Right? right. Where it's not something you have to think about. It's a part of the day. It's a part of you of just who you are and what you do and how you work with kids. So I think that makes perfect sense. Matt, wh where can people go to find out more? Obviously things are going crazy in a very good way for novel effect, but for those that don't know, and need to get on the, the novel train here. Uh, where <laughs> should they go to learn more about you and your wife and the story? And also, uh, you know, potentially integrate novel effect into their schools and to their homes. Yeah. So just check out our website, www.noveleffect.com. Um, and honestly, if you just search TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> you'll, you'll see, you know, thousands of uh, teachers and parents that have been using it. Well, look, I am uh, honored that you trusted your story with me today and uh, allowed us to go down a couple of, uh, I think, deep and, and thoughtful roads. I think it helps the audience understand really the origin and the impetus for what you and your wife have built and why you're doing it and what really matters to you as a company um, and really as a father. So we want to thank uh, Matt Hammersley. Uh, he is the CEO of The Novel Effect. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger. <laughs>